Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. It really is amazing to me to know that leadership is an attitude. Meaning you've got to have a certain attitude to be a good leader. But I can also tell you that there are those who are possessing of an attitude, but it's not a good quality for their leadership. Oh, they have an attitude, but the attitude is not a productive attitude for their leadership. That's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. Recently, I had the pleasure of being on a multi-day international conference, I guess is what you would call it, where a whole lot of people were participating in this training environment. And it was amazing to me that even though the host of this environment had made a lot of opportunity for a lot of people to participate um, at a significantly discounted rate virtually than those who were in person. There were still people in the virtual arena, tens of thousands of people in the virtual arena. There were still some who had the attitude that they were owed something. In fact, they possessed and articulated the fact that they believed they were owed something more than what they'd already received. Now, I I know what it costs to attend this event in person. I know what it costs to attend this event virtually. And I also know that the majority of the people, like myself who were in there, were gifted the ticket to attend virtually because of another purchase they had made. Now, the the attitude that, that I'd be looking for would be gratitude. Meaning, I think if someone has given you something significant, that to say thank you is probably the first expression. To be more demanding of what they've given you, to have a level of expectations beyond thank you, beyond excellence, to say what you've done is not good enough, even though it's done with a very high level of excellence, it's not good enough. Well, that's a different kind of an attitude. Gratitude, it is not. Hostility, expectation, those were the things being expressed as opposed to gratitude. So here's my real question for you. If you're a leader and you have people on your team that you have poured into, that you have given every opportunity, that you have challenged, that you have promoted, that you have trained, and gratitude is not their reaction to that, how long do you keep them on your team? I'm aware of someone who hired a a virtual assistant from another nation, did them very well, paid them well, gave them great opportunity, gave them great training in order to be able to promote their talents and skills outside of this one client relationship. This client paid them well, trained them well, gave them opportunity after opportunity. But at a certain point, the level of success that this virtual assistant achieved in the eyes of their local peers was so grandiose 
that they begin to take on the air of being superior even to the employer who gave them such opportunity. There are a whole lot of people out there who have jobs. <clears throat> Where in their job, they make more money than the average entrepreneur. They have jobs that pay $200,000, $400,000 a year where the average entrepreneur is living paycheck to paycheck less than six figures. Average self-employed entrepreneur struggling to do the six-figure thing. Now, there are some, obviously, who are making millions and they've built their empire, not of one person, but 20, 30, 50, 100 employees, several hundred employees, and they're knocking down two or three million dollars a year also entrepreneurs, also self-employed, but they're receiving a check from the company as a salary, as well as the other places they're investing. That's not the one I'm talking about. But there are people who are straight up W-2 employees who are knocking down more in their salaried paycheck than the average entrepreneur. So was the case with this particular virtual assistant. Looking at his peers and the people in his area, the people around him, he was making a very, very good salary. It was only a percentage of the person who was paying him because, well, that's how business works. You can't pay somebody else more than you pay your business or pay yourself or you go broke. You become unemployed. You become out of business, bankrupt. But when the economy of scale in another nation represents that this paycheck looks really, really good compared to your peers, you're eating pretty high on the hog, so to speak. Living in high cotton, some might say. And yet, the arrogance that comes along with that, when you look at those around you, when you look at your peers and you say, I'm well off compared to my peers, that sense of accomplishment should not be converted to the assumption that you are better than anybody else. Especially when that level of arrogance leads you to believe you're better than the person paying you. That is a recipe for unemployment. But see, the attitude that dismisses the need for gratitude, the attitude that says, I've got what I need, I'm doing just fine, thank you, you got nothing on me, well, that's a bad attitude. And it's not a leadership attitude. Leadership, straight up, is an attitude. It's about what you think and how you feel. It's about how you think about how you feel. And it's about how you feel about what you think. Yeah, that's the clinical definition of attitude. Thought plus emotion equals attitude. If you don't believe me, just do some research in neuroscience. Dr. Caroline Leaf was the one that, in my life, boiled that down to the simple formula. Your thought plus your feeling equals your attitude. How you think about what you feel and how you feel about what you think. That's an attitude. And you have the right and the power and the responsibility to control both what you think and how you feel, which means an attitude is a choice. And having the right feeling about the right thoughts creates the right attitude. If you have a bad re relationship with money, if you have a bad relationship with other people, if you have a bad relationship with expectations, if the words that's not fair rattle around in your head more often than 
Could I have a little ice with my tea? There's probably something going on in your mindset that's going to prohibit you from being a successful leader. And if you can't be a successful leader, the idea of moving your business from where it's at now to six, seven, eight, ten figures, well, it's a fantasy. I hate to be that direct, but it is. If you can't get your mind about money right, if you can't get your mind about gratitude right, if you can't get your mind about other people right, then leading a powerful economic structure like a business that generates seven or eight figures, it's out of your reach. It's simply out of your reach. And it doesn't matter how much money you invest in coaching or training or mentoring. If you're not willing to change your mind, change your attitude about the way you lead a business, the way you receive information from others, the way you deliver that information back to the people you're responsible to. If you can't change your mind about those things, success is not coming your way. Bitterness is. Frustration is. More hatred is. More accusations of that's not fair. That, that's what's on your way. If you are leading an organization, and by that I mean you happen to be in charge because you started it, or you happen to be in charge because somebody gave you the title of CEO, or you happen to be in charge because well, you bought it. But just because you're in charge, you hold the title, you hold the position, doesn't mean you're a great leader. It might mean that you're the leader. It might also mean that you're the leader because you're the one with all the influence. When you say jump, everybody asks how high. Maybe that's because of your title and position. Maybe it's because of your money. Maybe it's because of who your family is. And none of those make you a great leader. A great attitude makes you a great leader. So one of the things that you really got to focus on as a great leader is what are the right thoughts to be thinking about money? What are the right thoughts to be thinking about my team? What are the right thoughts to be thinking about my growth potential, about the vehicle that is my business, about the amount of money that I want to make or need to make to see the longevity of this business continue to thrive? And then how do I feel about those things that are the right thoughts for me to be focusing on? A mentor of mine recently said, take all the thoughts that run through your head in a day and divide them into two categories. These are the ones that, that are about paying the bills and these are the ones about generating revenue. If you'll focus 95% of your thoughts, your energy and your attention on the revenue side, the 5% about the bills will pretty much take care of itself. Now, we know that to be true in just about everything mindset. If you're focused on the negative in your relationship, guess what happens to your relationship? If you're water skiing or snow skiing and you're thinking about falling to the right, guess what happens? You fall, usually to the right. Where your attention goes, where your focus goes, is where your energy flows. That's what happens as Dr. Leaf says in the world of neuroscience and quantum physics, as they're combined together, the thing that you focus your energy on, it gets larger. That's why they tell you when you're driving at night, don't stare at the oncoming headlights because you're going to hit them. 
If you're focused on the oncoming headlights, you're going to drive into them. Subconsciously, unintentionally, but you're going to drive into them. If we as leaders don't get the choice of thoughts right, we will spend our time emotionally drained because we're focusing our thoughts on things that don't matter. Fairness is an illusion. I hate to say that. It just is. Justice isn't what we've been taught to believe that it is. I hate for that to be true, but it is. If you're living in the jungle, in the safari, and a lion chases down an antelope and devours it for lunch, that's not fair to the antelope. But if we tip the balance of that fairness, what happens when all the lions starve and the hyenas who have a whole different social culture in the way they interact with each other and with humans, what if they take over? Oh, I know you think I'm just making stuff up. Go watch The Lion King, for heaven's sake. See what the world looks like when the hyenas run everything. <laughs> There's a whole lot of metaphor in that little movie. <coughs> but it really does come back to attitude. What thoughts do you choose to focus your attention on? What thoughts are most important to you? What thoughts do you dismiss and go, I don't need to think about that. It's not in my wheelhouse. It's not my bailiwick. It's not going to produce more revenue. It's not going to create more opportunity for others. It's not going to feed the poor or clothe the naked. It's not going to bring wholeness to those who are sick. So why would I spend my time focused on that when I could be focused on getting these things done, generating the revenue that gives me the opportunity to make other people's lives better? That's what I should be spending my time on. That's what I should be focused on. And all of the energy diverted to something else, like my own sense of fairness, my own lack of gratitude, my own expectations, those aren't benefiting anybody except my own selfishness. I've got to come to a place where I can say, okay, enough of that. It's not all about me. That's a change in attitude. That's a change in focusing on the thoughts that you allow into your head. That's a transformation of the who that you are. I would hate to think that someone lost their job because they got a little ahead of themselves. A little too cocky, a little too arrogant, a little too successful. I'd hate to think that that's true. But it happens every day. Yeah. People think, well, I've got a little money coming in now. I'm better than those who supply me the opportunity. I, I got a little money coming in now. I, I don't need to have this same circle of friends. I've got a little money coming in now. I don't need to listen to anybody else. I've found my success. I listened to a conversation in this new circle, if you will, where a guy was talking about a conversation he was having. And in this networking event, a gentleman said, yeah, we own XYZ kind of a company. We generate about $5 million a year. He was very proud of his success, the $5 million a year. That's nothing to sneeze at. If you're an entrepreneur like myself, if you've been in small business for a decade like I have, and six figures is just, just right there, $5 million is a lot to be 
applauded. The man was in his late 40s, early 50s, and so the coach asked him, how long have you been hitting 5 million? I mean, that's pretty impressive. He said, we have been steady at 5 million for almost 15 years now. And you could see the sense of confidence and pride and almost arrogance of more than a decade at 5 million. And as they're talking, a young man walks up who's been a client of the coach for a while now. And uh, he says, so how you doing? And he said, I'm doing good. And he said, what are your numbers looking like? And he said, uh, well, this year uh, we've had some growth. He said, well, how'd you do last year? So last year we did about three and a half million. And he said the old guy kind of grinned and they're like, eh, you'll reach it. You'll reach the five one day. And he said, well, what does it look like for this year and what is your target? He said, well, this year we're expected to hit about 15 million and next year our target is 30. And I believe we've got a pretty clear map to get there. Three years from the bottom to 30 mil. That's pretty significant. Now, if you had the skill set, if you had the right thoughts about your money, if you had the right attitude about your money, about how your money should be multiplying itself, would you be content with your ability to serve the world after 15 years at 5 million? I mean, sure, you got the right kind of car and the, the boats and the multiple homes and the vacations whenever, wherever you want to, but... How many more people could you provide an education for? Job opportunities could you create? Investments could you pour into? Scholarship funds could you provide? If over that 15 years, you had grown at the same pace as this young man to be pushing 30 at the end of three, how much better off would the world be because you're in it? If your mindset about money, if your attitude about your responsibility as a leader. I heard someone say this over this last week, success is your duty. The government can't fix all the problems in the world. No government in any country on the planet can fix all the problems. They just can't. They're not designed for it. But in every country where grand success and great improvements have been found, it has been individuals who have the right attitude and who have gratitude, who work their tail off, who do whatever it takes to become financially stable so that they can return with gratitude the help for those who haven't quite figured it out yet. It's not a better than them idea. It's not a let me get mine at the top idea. It's a now that we've figured out the path to get to the top, how do we bring along as many people as we possibly can? I heard Grant Cardone say yesterday, I have a lot of goals in my life. One of those, one of those goals is to be sending a check to 10 million people every day month. To be sending a check to 10 million people every month. Is that on your list of goals as a leader? Is that on your list of goals as an entrepreneur who's wanting to grow their business to the next level? Have you even thought about what your wealth would look like in the lives of absolute strangers because of your success?
Or is your thought process that 5% of your time really inverted and you're spending less time thinking about what success will look like for those you care about and more about how do I just pay the bills in front of me? If you're focused on the bills, guess what you're going to get more of? Bills. It's quantum physics. It's neuroscience. What you focus on, you get more of. Oncoming headlights, bigger debts, more problems, bad health, horrible employees. Leadership is an attitude. It's what you think about how you feel and how you feel about what you think. And if your attitude stinks, so will your leadership. I don't know if I can say it any better than that. You should probably start with some gratitude because you're not where you are all on your own. Nothing great is accomplished individually. It's because you have a team. It's because there are people around you that pour into you, whether it's financially or emotionally, or they just support you in every crazy adventure that you dive into. That's why you have the success that you have. You're able to take the risks that you're, willing, that you're able to take because other people are ready to stand their ground. You're able to dive into new adventures because other people are holding down the fort while you're doing it. Success is not all on you. And leadership is an attitude that you've got to master by choosing the things that you think about and applying the right emotion to those things. Now, if you need help with that, I do have a program called Attitude Hack. I would be delighted to share that with you. No, it's not free. Yes, it will change your life. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Hi, my name is Christina Knowles, and I just got done taking Jay Lauren's Story Power Masterclass. It was amazing. I took away so much information. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed being formally trained in media many, many years ago is the call to action. I will use that with every speaking engagement, and I'm so grateful that Lauren just um, spoke truth into his teachings, and he is a true professional. And I know this might sound weird, but I've been taking certifications in different classes over the years, and Lauren is not boring. I can't even believe I got here at nine, and then the class went by so fast that I was like, it's time to go already? And I was shocked that it was time to go already. So it's an awesome class. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time.